We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this word that you're going to give us this morning. I pray that you may speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. God, convict us, draw us closer to you. God, we want to pray over all of the churches in the area that are lifting up the name of Jesus. We pray for Summit. We pray for Hope. We pray for Mount Calvary. We pray for First Baptist. We pray for Gospel City Church, Granger Community Church, and all the Pentecostals and Apostolics and, and, and Baptists and anyone else, Lord, who is preaching the name of Jesus Christ. We do not see ourselves in competition but we are brothers and sisters united in purpose, wanting to see people come to faith and new life to spring in Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. So if you've got a Bible, go to Acts chapter 2, verses 42. It's a familiar text, but this is what I'm going to have you do. I want you to Mark that page or scroll to that text and highlight it and hold on to it. We're going to go back to it towards the end of the message. We're going to dig through a couple other scriptures, and then we're going to land on that text. But before I do, i got to ask a couple of questions in here. How many people in this room did not grow up in church? Like you didn't grow up in church at all. Okay, everybody here seemed to grow up in church. So we got one person who didn't grow up in church. If you grew up in church, how many people in here who actually grew up in church? Like you grew up going to church as you were young. Okay. How many of you guys, um, especially for everybody over the age of like 16 or 17 or 18, at some point in time, walked away from the church and you were just like, man, I'm done with this. I'm over this. I'm through with church. And how many of you guys in that category at some point in time were just like, I don't want to go to church anymore because if I'm honest, church sucks. Anybody here? Yeah, yeah. Anybody here still think church sucks? No? Okay. First service, it was like five people like, yes. I don't even know why I'm here. But I'm here. I feel church sucks anyway, but I'm going to keep coming back every week. Just keep coming back. It gets gooder and gooder. Hey, listen, and and gooder, and gooder. Listen, here's the reality of it. Uh, Church gets a bad rap. And this is why. Because the same things that you're going to find outside of church, oftentimes you find it in church. The same issues you find outside of church, you find in church. You find ignorant people in church. People just, not even like ignorant, like ignorant. Like they're just ignorant. Just troublemakers, just for no reason. You find mean people in church. You find hypocrites in church. You find liars in church. You find the addicted in church. You find the broken in the church. You find hurting people and divisive people and boring people in church. And because of that, many of us have just said, you know what? Church sucks, and I'm out. I know I did. One point in time in my life, I was like, I am done with church. I don't like it. I don't need it. And I moved on with my life. And you know what? If we're keeping it 100, the reality is sometimes church does suck. It's true. But what would it look like? If church didn't suck, what would it look like if church 
was actually great. Over the next three weeks, we're going to dive into three reasons why people think church sucks. And we're going to discover how can we flip that on its head? How can we reverse the myths? How can we reverse the curse that church sucks? How can we flip the stigma? Today, we're going to be talking about relationships and why relationships matter. Everybody who's willing to say the word sucks, let's say it together on one, two, three. I'm going to tell you exactly what you say. Being alone sucks. On three, come on. One, two, three. Being alone sucks. And relationships matter. Boom, I've been wearing a sweater about it. Uh. Relationships matter. See, a lot of people think church sucks because there's too many cliques in church. Let's be honest. A lot of times people walk in and there's groups, people that may think they're better than the next person, people who have their nose stuck up to the next person. Church is really clicky, and nobody wants to go to a clicky church, right? You've probably said it. You've heard it said by somebody else. I don't go to church because there's too many clicks. I don't go to that church because there's too many clicks. I don't like clicks. And if we're honest, some of us, it's because of our high school trauma. In high school, there was cliques everywhere. You had the people who played sports. They had the jocks, and they were a clique. And you were the other because you didn't play sports. You had the cheerleaders, and you didn't cheerlead, and so you were the other, and they had their own clique. Then you had the smart people who were, had it really good with the teachers and always seemed to get good grades, and you couldn't pass over a C. And you were like, I felt like an other. There were all these cliques, or maybe you grew up and you went to college, and there were people who were in this degree and that degree, or people who went to college and you didn't, and everybody else was in a clique, and you were like, I'm just the other. I'm the forgotten about. Maybe you got on your job. And everybody already had relationships. Everybody already had connections. And you felt like the other. And we come to the conclusion and say, we hate cliques. I don't like cliques. And for a lot of us, and if we're really honest sometimes, church can feel like an overgrown high school. There's drama, people backbiting, people talking about each other people being mean to each other, people not talking to each other. And it's real easy to walk into a place full of people and feel alone, feel not seen, feel not recognized. And sometimes it's, it's on us as the people who do go to church who now have, yeah, I've been saved, I'm in church now, I believe in Jesus. But then everybody else who walks in through the door, you're like, hmm, who are they? I wonder where they were last night. Maybe they smell like they have a little alcohol or weed or something on their, on their mouth. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't hang out with those people. Or maybe they come in dressed a certain way and it's just not up to your standards and you're like, I can't connect to those people. 
Or maybe they walk in and their kids are incredibly crazy and you think they're demon possessed. You're like, my kids ain't hanging out with those kids. Mm -mm. Don't act like you ain't seen little demon children in church. <laughs> little kids just like, what in the world is wrong with that child? Somebody grab the anointing oil. And so it's easy to look at everybody else as, as church people. And honestly, some of us, is, some of the issues come from the leadership. Because it's so easy for leaders to look at people and all of a sudden plot on them. Ooh, that person can probably give a lot of money to the church, so we need to be friends with them. Uh, that person over there, I feel like they can lead this area and there's a gap in this area, so I need to be close to them. And everybody else feels like no one sees me. Or worse yet, people say, you're just using me. And we come to the point where we're just like, you know what? I'm done. Church sucks. But one thing that we've committed from the beginning at Relevant Church is this is part of our, our mantra, something that we live by, is we don't want to be a friendly church. We want to be a church that makes friends. No one should ever walk in feeling like an outsider. Uh, we said this a couple of weeks ago. When you come to Relevant Church, the reason we say welcome home is because we want you to know everyone who walks in that door is family until they prove that they're not. Relationships matter. And that's where the argument the thesis of this message is that being alone sucks and relationships matter. So point number one, if you're following along with me, why do relationships matter? Why should relationships be important in the local church? Because godly relationships are a part of God's original design. Godly relationships, relationships are part of God's original design. Being alone sucks. Being alone is not the greatest in the world, if we're honest. How many introverts in this place? We got a lot of introverts that like their alone time. I'm an introvert. I'm a high introvert. Leave me alone after church. Don't talk to me. I'm in the house. I got my feet up. I'm watching Netflix or something with my booth in, her chocolate fine self sitting next to me. My kids all over the place running amok. Jeremiah is just doing what Jeremiah does. He's my, you remember I told you about that crazy kid in church? That's my son right there. But his older brother is like, yeah, my brother. But here's the deal. Everyone knows that the reality is we want to be ourselves until we are left alone. Introverts glory on being by themselves. I love my alone time until I have no one around me. And everybody knows that when you're set to, to prison and you, you've gotten your time, the greatest punishment that they can give you is putting you in what? Solitary confinement. Why? Because being alone sucks. And so God, at the beginning of the world, God who 
was in relationship from the foundations of the earth. We believe in a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, forever eternal, forever equal. One God, three persons, always in community. They decided to create the entire world as it exists. They created the sun, moon, the stars. They created the ground. They created the water. They created the clouds. They created everything. God created the heavens and the earth. And everything that walks in it, he created the birds of the air. He created the animals on the ground. And then on the sixth day, he went and created his crown jewel. Man, he creates humanity. And throughout the entire process of creating, one day he creates this, and he says it's good. One day he creates this, and it's good. One day he creates that, and it's good. And then he creates man, and man is by himself. And he says what? It is not good that man shall be alone, Genesis 2. Verse 18 says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him because eventually Adam would have gone around and seen the elephants and the tigers and the lions and the bears and the birds all in pairs, yet there was none like him. And he could have recognized very quickly that being alone sucks. And so God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to create in him a companion. I'm going to create somebody that he can be in relationship with. I'm going to create somebody that he can dream with, that he can love with, that he can make love with. Hello, somebody, church people, uh, married people. It's true. I'm married, I can say that. Somebody who he doesn't have to do life alone. And it tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. It says, listen, two are better than one even while they're working. You ever been in a situation where you're the only one doing something and you thought somebody was going to help you out? And you're like, man, why am I stuck out here doing it by myself? Maybe you're outside mowing the lawn and your kids said they'll help you, or you were outside mowing the lawn, your your brother said he'll help you, or you're out there doing something, you're fixing something, and you're by yourself, you're hitting yourself on the nail, you're trying to grab this, and you, you just can't do it. It's better to be with someone because you have a greater reward for your toil. It says, for if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. You ever been in a situation in your life where you've been so low, when you've been so down that you've needed a friend to lift you up? Been so down and out that you need an encouragement from a friend. It says, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up because he's going to recognize that being alone sucks. Going on to verse 11. He says, again, if two lie together, they keep warm. Hello, married people. Come on, give me get some love. How can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstanding. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Community relationships matter. Relationships matter. I remember one time a friend of mine's father had asked him, to clean out his friend's shed. So he was out 
cleaning out his dad's friend's shed, and he invited me to come along. And he says, Mutai, man, can you come and help me clean out this shed? I was like, bro, it's in the middle of winter. It's cold. He was like, ah, it's cool. We'll get it done. You know, many hands make the work light. And I was like, cool. That's my buddy. That's my best friend. I'm going to go help him out. And so we went into the tool shed, and we started cleaning up, cleaning up. And this is before I discovered that I have what's called Renault syndrome. If you've got Renault syndrome, you can relate to me. Because when you get cold, if the temperature drops below 50 degrees, shoot, you could be at the grocery store, and if you hold on to a can of uh, 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 ice cream too long, your fingers begin to get numb. They, all the blood drains out of your extremities, and it feels like somebody's taking a blowtorch to your extremities. And what's worse is if you're walking outside and you don't have sub-zero boots, literally, when it gets to 30, 20 degrees, you will see me kick out the sub-zero boots because I got to keep my feet warm because the entire bottom of my foot gets icy cold. All the blood goes away from it. It becomes numb and becomes painful to walk. So we're out here cleaning this shed, and eventually my fingers are getting numb. I'm like, bro, my fingers are getting really numb. They feel like they're burning. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm already a hypochondriac. So I'm going to be like, I don't know, bro. I'm just dying right now. He's like, dude, you'll be all right. Just warm up your hands. I'm like, I can't feel them. I don't even know where they're at. And then underneath my feet start hurting so bad and they're burning so bad. I can't walk. And he, I sit down and he's like, bro, what's going on? I said, I have no clue what's happening to me. I'm in such pain, and I need to get these feet warm real quick. Now, what I'm about to tell you, y'all not allowed to judge me. So he's like, how can you get your feet warm? I said, I need to put them in front of a heater or something warm. He says, bro, there's no electricity out here. We're out here in the cold. There's nowhere for you to get. The closest house is like a half mile away because we're out on this, this farmyard. And he's like, how can you get your feet warm? I'm like, usually if I'm cold, I take my hands and I put them like this. But I can't do that to my feet. So he's like, what you asking me, bro? I'm like, I got to get my feet warm or else we can't get out of here. So we start thinking up a plan because I am not about to put my feet in between another man's legs. And so we start devising up a plan of what's going to happen, how can get my feet warm. And he's like, dude, my body is really hot. I'm, like, actually really sweating. So how about this? How about you take your feet and you put them on my back and I cover my shirt over you. Hello, somebody, a good friend who will do anything to help a friend out. I put my feet on the back of my brother's back, and it was toasty in no time. Don't judge me. You go to extreme circumstances, call for extreme measures. God, godly relationships are important for our lives because they're part of God's design, God's original design. And if I was out there by myself, who would have known they would have chopped off my feet? But because I had a friend, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. All right, forget that story out of your mind. Don't ever think about it again. Point number two. Point number two, godly relationships invoke God's favor and blessing. Have you ever had the vibe just right with you and your friends? Have you ever had a group of friends that you were just so tight with that you guys were in sync? I mean, uh, maybe it was back in the day and when you were younger, you guys used to dress the same. You guys used to wear similar clothes. 
And when you hung out, it was just this relational experience that was just absolutely out of this world. Maybe it was back in the 60s and 70s, and all y'all had y'all flower power, big old bell bottoms, and everybody walked like this or something. I don't know. Maybe it was in the 80s, and everybody, males and females, had crop tops. It was a weird time of life. I don't know. Fishnet tops. Pink hair, you know. Or everybody wore leather jackets, had the Michael Jackson red leather jacket. Come on. You know John had one of those. You know, and glove, and you had the one glove on your hand. And you hung out with your buddies or hung out with your girls, and everybody had permed hair the exact same way, and you walked in sync together when you walked into a party. I don't know. But do you remember a time when you were in sync with your friends, when it was a good time, when, it was, when you hung out? Maybe it was in the 90s for anybody who was an 80s baby and crisscross had just come out and everybody wore their clothes backwards and everybody, you know, what, what's that song said? Am I crisscross and make you jump, jump? I don't know. You guys were headbanging to that and I don't know. Maybe y'all were like in the Jodeci phase for R&B or NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and what? Boys to Men. You know, I was never really a fan of Boys to Men, but we're not going to get into that right now. Um... <laughs> Yeah, they were in the 90s. I love the 90s, but boys and men, eh, they just cried too much in their music. I'm just saying. But anyhow, you know what it looks like when you're just unified with somebody, when you're at the barbecue, when you're cooking out, and the relationships are just so strong. There's laughter, there's food, there's fellowship. And before you know it, it's 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, and time has just passed, and nobody knew. Because the relationship is just so strong. Look at what it says in Psalm 133, verse 1. The writer of the psalm says, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Go on to verse 2. It says, it's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. Let me tell you what this picture is. Aaron was a priest, and he was anointed by God. And when he was being set apart to become a priest, what they used to do before you got into God's house, before you got into God's uh, presence to uh, take the sins on the behalf of people and to minister to people, they would set you apart. They would ordain you. They would say, God has called you out to be a minister of God's word and they would take oil and they would pour it all over your head and it was to symbolize God's Holy Spirit covering you and it would get all over your clothes and what it was saying God's presence is so richly on you that it saturates your body come on somebody when you've got friendships that are so strong it feels like the anointing of God is just saturating the relationship it's so good feels so good and then verse 3 it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Good relationships invoke God's favor and blessing in this picture of Mount Hermon. It was a tall, high peak, and it was a snow-capped mountain. And what happened is, is that when the summer came and the, 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 the snow melted and it went up, the dew would come down in the form of rain and it would cover all the other mountains and bring about vegetation. And he says good relationships bring about fruit in your life. 
Good relationships bring about growth in your life. Good relationships in your life bring about maturity in your life. Because they incur the blessing and the favor of God. Good relationships are a blessing. But we still don't like clicks. There's a thing about clicks we just don't like. But can I be a myth buster? What if clicks weren't such a bad thing? Because what is a click? It's a gathering of like-minded people who have the same pursuits and same vision for life that connect and encourage around each other around one purpose. And how many of you guys would want a family, a friendship crew that came around you, that you had similar interests, that encouraged you, that lifted you up when you were down, that told you everything was going to be okay, that God is for you, not against you, that you are the head and not the tail, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. See, clicks aren't a bad thing. Clicks are family. And around Relevant Church, that's why we have regroups. And we encourage you to get clicked up. Because there's a regroup for everybody. And go in there, find family. Go and connect with a group of individuals. Because there you'll find care. There you found love. There you find encouragement. There you find what God's blessing looks like. Point number three. Godly relationships recognize and protects against danger. Have you ever had a friend? In the last service, the person, one person was like, yo, that's me. <laughs> Have you ever had that friend who's just an instigator in your life? All they do is instigate strife. That person, slang term, all they do is gas you up. Like you're a fire, you're already hot, and they come by and they just gas that flame. They get you more angry. They get you more frustrated. You weren't even mad for real, but now you're really, really mad because you were around that person. That person's like, oh, why would you let them say that about you? Oh, that person really doesn't like you. Oh, that person did you dirty. Oh, that person. Oh, that person. And you're just like, I was fine a second ago, but now that you say something, I'm kind of mad for real. I had a buddy in college. He was my chief instigation officer. A lot of people have those individuals in their life. One of the individuals who always wanted to make something bigger than it actually was. Some of us, it was our siblings. Some of us, it was our parents. People who were alarmists in our life. Oh, my gosh. How could this happen? So I'm talking to my girlfriend, and she's in the student center, and she's like, hey, why don't you come hang out with me for a little bit? You know, so-and-so is here, and she's braiding um, uh, this guy's hair, and there's a couple of guys around here, and they're just hanging out, so why don't you come down and hang out with us? And I was like, you know what? You're right. So um, at this time, I was not saved, so I had just finished um, doing some things that put my mind in an altered state, and I had in ingested some liquids that gave me what's called liquid courage, and so I was not in my right mind. 
if you know what I mean. Don't judge me. You got to pass too. So we're going to the student center, and I walk by this window, and I see my girlfriend talking to another guy. Now, mind you, she's already told me that there's other guys there. Mind you, I'm going with this expectation that there's more than just her and her girl there. And my CIO says, did you see that? Did I see what? Did you see how she was talking to that dude? No. I just walked by the same one. Did you see something I didn't see? Bro, they were sitting real close. Oh, yeah? Yeah, dude, if I was you, I don't know if you can trust the situation. And here I go, starting to get gassed up. And now there's this rage that's coming up. It's like, nobody talks to my girl. I don't know what's going on. And he's like, yeah, bro, you better go in there and say something. And I'm now gassed up. I'm walking in there. I was happy, just fine, until my CIO decided to throw some gas on my flame. Actually, he decided to lit the match. And so I go in there and I start trouble for absolutely no reason. My girlfriend is like, what in the world has gotten into you? Like, what's happening right now? I'm talking to the dude. Oh, you just going to talk to my girl like that? That's how it's going to be. And then next thing I know, it balloons into this big old fight. And a few days later, there's a party happening at my buddy's house. And here goes my CIO in my corner again. According to the records, Muta, so-and-so has said this and this and this and this. And so now I'm going to a party and I'm angry and I'm ready to fight. Instead of him telling me, bro, it's not that big of a deal. Some of us have those people in our lives who just want to instigate strife, who wants to instigate disorder, who wants to instigate division. And that's not real. Relationships, because real relationships recognize and protect against danger. Hebrews 3, chapter 12 says this. Take care, brothers. He's talking to them as family. He's talking to them as friends. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. This is a friend talking to another friend. This is a brother talking to another brother saying, listen, make sure your heart is clear. So what? They said that about you. So what? They're starting this trouble. Guess what? Don't be unbelieving. Don't believe that God can't overcome any dysfunction, that God can't overcome any division. Don't have an evil heart leading you to fall away from the living God. And then he says, but exhort one, each, uh, one another. He says, listen, encourage one another every day, as long as it is today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. See, good friends come up to you, and they're saying, man, you know what? This situation doesn't look good because it's going to result in division. This situation doesn't look good because it's going to uh, result in a, a, a diversion of purpose. This situation doesn't look good because it's actually bringing separation instead of unity. This situation does not look good. I think we need to figure out how, how to get this thing together. He says, don't be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin because you know what? Sin will lie to you. Sin will make you think that dysfunction is function. Sin will make you think that disorder is order. He says, listen, uh, encourage each other with this. Like, hey, listen, 
Do not be distracted. We serve an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And good relationships come and they say, hey, listen, there's danger out there. There's danger in that argument. There's danger along that cliff. There's danger in that situation. How about we backtrack? How about we pray about it? How about we call back and say, God, what would you have us do? In fact, Romans 12, 17 says this, never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Yes, even those that have hurt you. Yes, even those that have taken advantage of you. Yes, even those who have not treated you fairly. Yes, even those that still spite you. Yes, even those fill in the blank. In another text, it says, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with each other. And good friends come to you and they say, listen, how can we bring about peace in this situation? How can we bring about order in this situation? Because how about you know, even in church, there's disorder. Even in church, there's dysfunction. But good Christian fellowship comes around and says, hey, listen, let's take it to God. I remember my good friend, Rod Lawrence. Every time I would talk to Rod about a situation that I was going through, and this is while I was in church, there were people in church talking about me. There were people in church talking about my wife. There were people in church talking about other people. And every time I would talk to Rod, this is what Rod would say. Jesus is Lord. Mutai, don't forget, Jesus is Lord. And he's still sitting on the throne. And he's promised you, vengeance is mine. You don't have to do anything about it. You just go to him. Don't try to take power into your own hands. He says, I got this. And I got you. We need some friends like Rod in our lives who say, Jesus is Lord. Oh, they talked about you on your job. Jesus is Lord. Oh, your family doesn't like you today. Jesus is Lord. Oh, they're talking about you at church. Jesus is Lord. Oh, that person cut you off. Jesus is Lord. Oh, that person took from you. Jesus is Lord. And he still sits on the throne. Can I give you a... What God gave me as I was preparing for this text and I was thinking through just uh, Rod's encouragement over life and I was juxtaposing it to my friends in college. My chief instigation officer. Godly relationships keep us from anything that will work against our growth. See, good relationships are always going to come and encourage your growth. They will hold you accountable. Good relationships will be able to even tell you, hey, listen, the evil is not always without. It's always, sometimes it's from within. Uh, we've got good friends who will tell us, hey, have you checked your heart? Have you looked at yourself? Have you looked at this situation from every angle? Have you looked for reconciliation in this situation. Listen, be careful of relationships that push you towards a cliff rather than push you towards Christ. The cliff of retaliation over reconciliation. 
The cliff of retribution over repentance. The cliff of anger. The cliff of angst. The cliff of judgment. The cliff of negativity. The cliff of disunity. The cliff of divisiveness or division. Godly relationships recognize and protect against danger. They recognize that danger lurks in the realms where God is forgot about, where God isn't put first. Point number four as we close. Godly relationships matter because the quality of life of everyone affected increases. In the relationships that you have, has the quality of your life increased? Has the quality of your faith increased? Has the quality of your forgiveness increased? Has the quality of your unification heart increased? Have your heart for reading God's word increased? Because godly relationships matter because the quality of life of everyone increases. Now everybody grab Acts chapter 2 verse 42. What would it look like if we were a community of faith where church doesn't suck in relation to relationships? What would our relationships look like? What would our church look like? What would be the result? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The churches come together. This is a picture of what good godly relationship looks like. It says, and they devoted. That word devoted means they committed themselves. They made vows to one another that we would gather around the apostles' teaching. And fellowship, hanging out, being community with each other. To the breaking of bread, they ate together. And the prayers, they they prayed over everything. Oh, you got a situation going on in your life? Let's pray. Oh, there's an issue in your marriage? Let's pray. There's an issue in your relationship? Let's pray. Oh, you're financially struggling? Let's pray. You got a situation with depression? Let's pray. They decide to pray first before everything else fails. And this is what happened. It says, all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Notice that the all came before the many signs and wonders. What was the all? To see people living in unity. To see people from different backgrounds loving across boundaries. To see people who are seemingly different but united under one purpose and one vision. And because of that, God blessed them because God blesses and provides favor on godly relationship. It says, and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. Verse 44 says, and all who believed, all who believed in Jesus Christ as the uniter, as the reconciler, were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all 
as anyone had need. No, this is not communism. This is communion. This is people say, you know what? I've got an extra this. I can get rid of it so that I can help you out. And another person saying, man, I got an extra this. Let me get rid of it so that I can help you out. And everybody did this together. No one had need. And verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together, going to church together, going to gather at God's house together and breaking bread in their homes, they ate together. You know, one of my dreams, I've said this from the time we started planting this church, is that when anybody shows up to this church for the first time, I want them to have no less than three invites to lunch. I hope we can get to that place as a church. Well, we are so desperately looking to love on God's children that no matter who they are, no matter where they're from, we're saying, listen, I want to be friends with you. I just don't want to be friendly with you. says, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. It was a merry time. It was fun. It was great. They experienced life together. Praising God and having favor with all people. See, it, it, it wasn't just a favor within each other. Soon enough, people were looking from the outside and they're saying, there's something special about that community. There's something special about that clique. There's something special about that group of individuals. How can we continue to push forward their vision? How can we push forward to help them out? Let me tell you something. Just this week, this is the first time I'm announcing it. This isn't even in my notes. I talked to somebody who's incredibly, incredibly wealthy in this community. And we sat there and had lunch. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, we got rid of Atomic Bean Coffee. We're trying to focus in on God's mission and vision to seek and save the lost within through the local church. We believe that God's church is the, uh, is the hope of the world. But the one thing that's going to happen is uh, the youth are going to be displaced because that's where they had underground. And he says, oh, yeah, let me see a video of underground. And I showed him the video of the youth having fun and hearing a word of God and people uh, are excited. And he says, man, listen, what I didn't tell you is I've been hearing about this all over the city. I've been hearing about this clique called Relevant Church. I've been hearing about this group of individuals who are passionately following Jesus, loving across boundaries, and make turn, making a tangible difference in the community, region, and world. And you know what? I want to help you guys. So as of next month, I don't know if you guys have ever driven by the Morris Supper Club on 11th Street, the prestigious place that goes for thousands of dollars for weddings. Braden Janowski is giving it to us for free for underground so that the youth can have state-of-the-art facility to continue to party for Jesus. That's the result of a God-blessed community. We have favor in people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Godly relationships matter because the quality of life of everyone increases. And here's the deal. Being alone sucks. 
That's why God created his church. The church has a responsibility to be the number one unifying vehicle that shows the expression of what true love, forgiveness, reconciliation, and hope looks like. Because relationships matter. I gotta ask you a question. Are your relationships life-giving or are they life-taking? Because relationships matter. And I said that's why we do what's called regroups around here. It's a gathering of individuals that clicks up. And they say, I got your back, you got my back. And we're going to look out for each other. But the difference with this click is we don't keep anybody out. When we go out there, we tell everybody, hey, regroups are open. Then now time for sign up. Get a click. Join up. Get a family. Get love. Get encouragement. Get support. Get prayed for. Gain accountability. Because relationships matter and God has designed us for relationships with others. And the relationships with we choose to keep will affect the relationship that we have with him. And the question that I have for you is there's one relationship that matters more than anything in this world. And that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father unless they come through me. I came to this earth to give you relational connection to God the Father. But you only get to see God if you see me first. And Jesus promises to never leave us nor forsake us because relationships don't leave us hanging. So I don't know if your family left you hanging, if your spouse left you hanging, if your friends left you hanging. If you feel as if God has left you hanging, I'm here today to tell you Jesus is here and he wants to draw you into a relationship that will breathe new life give new hopes, new dreams. Will help break the chains of addiction, chains of abandonment, chains of frustration, chains of fear. Because Jesus changes everything. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, you've, you've spoken through your word. God, there may be somebody here who either one has fallen out of relationship with you and said, you know what, I'm tired of church. Church sucks. And you're inviting them into a new family, a new fellowship. First, that begins with you. God, I pray that you may remind them today that you promised to build your church. Jesus' very word said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Yes, you may see elements of the world in church, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And if you are in relationship with me, you will always see fruit. 
And so maybe you're in this place and you fell out of relationship with Jesus. You fell out of relationship with God. And today God is saying, will you come home? Because I want to welcome you home. If you're in this place right where you're at, I pray that God is beginning to stir inside of you. He's beginning to move and say, I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I'm actually trying to draw you in. And maybe you've never said yes to Jesus before. Maybe today you're recognizing that a relationship is possible with the God who loves you that could send his only son to this world, this broken world, to live the life that you can live, to break the chains that you can break, and then die for the cross and resurrect on the third day to say that he's got victory and you've got victory if you are in relationship with him. If you've fallen out of relationship with Jesus or you're reuniting your relationship or you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, Right where you're at, I just want you to slip your hand up. We want to pray for you. If you want to reignite your relationship with Jesus, or if you want to renew, uh, start a new relationship with Jesus, right where you're at, say, Jesus, I'm all in now. Praise God. God, I thank you for this group of individuals that are in relationship with you. I pray that you will fortify their relationship. I pray that you may surround them around believers who encourage them, who build them up, who strengthen them, who are for them and not against them, who want the best for them. And God, I pray that they will experience through those relationships love, care, a sense of unity, a sense of belonging. That when those times come, because they do, when we need to lean on someone, that they'll recognize two are better than one. And by God's grace, let there may be more than just the two of them. May they be surrounded by a community of believers that support and encourage them. Because relationships matter. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.